This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 23rd of July. In your Squiz today, the Olympics are upon us. Talking vaccination rates, avoiding the endanger list, and welcome the Tokyo Sprint. This is your Squiz today. Kate, tonight at 9pm on Channel 7, the Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony is on. Normally, it's quite the spectacle. There's performers, speeches, athletes marching around, but it could be a bit of a quieter affair this time around. Roughly 50 athletes from Team Australia will be led by Kate Campbell and Paddy Mills into a stadium without spectators. But there will be VIPs, including Japan's Emperor, the United States First Lady Jill Biden, French President Emmanuel Macron and Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. Yes, Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk is over there to receive the news that Brisbane would host the Summer Olympics and Paralympics in 2032. She had ruled out attending the opening ceremony, but the president of the AOC, John Coates, in a press conference with the Premier on Wednesday night had other ideas. He jumped in and said that, and this is the quote, you will be going to the opening ceremony. Simone, that clip's been shared and shared and talked about a lot in the last 24 hours. Some saying he was bullying her, some saying it was a setup. Whatever it was, it's resulted in Palaszczuk changing her mind and confirming she will attend. So she'll be there along with our federal sports minister, Richard Colbeck. Yeah, as you say, that clip is doing the rounds. It's in the Squiz email or in your episode notes if you want to check it out. One person who won't be there though, Kate, is the director of the opening ceremony, Kentaro Kabayashi. He was yesterday fired after a comment he made about the Holocaust in the 1990s resurfaced in local media. That's been quite the big deal for Japan. All right, let's look beyond the opening ceremony, Kate, to our medal hopes. What are those in the know predicting? Predicting the medal tally is quite the science. We've had a look at Grace Notes. So they're a company that dives into all sorts of data to determine how things will play out. They have Australia winning 16 gold and 40 medals overall. That'd be a big improvement on Rio in which we won 8 gold and 29 overall. Where that improvement needs to come from is in the pool. So looking at the gold medal hopes, 19-year-old Kaylee McEwen is our big hope in the pool. She was tipped to win three gold medals, but Simone last night she pulled out of the 200 meter medley to focus on her two backstroke events so let's hope she gets those two and really the pressure continues for the girls Kate Campbell has one against her name Emma McKeon Ariane Titmus there's a couple of swimming relays where the favorite for two in total we're after nine gold medals in the pool obviously the swimming comes first so important to watch those in the first week of the games from there it's surfing BMX shooting sailing canoe slalom and rowing lots of water sports bring on the viewing channel 7 has the right so all olympic stuff is on there Prime Minister Scott Morrison has been under a bit of pressure of late for the vaccine rollout and how it's been handled. Yesterday, Kate, he apologised. He did say sorry that the targets set at the start of the year hadn't been achieved. But of course, he really wanted to focus on what had been done. And given vaccination rates seem to be the hot topic of conversation, let's run through the numbers. Last month, we've gone from 5% of the eligible population having received a double dose of the vaccine to 15% and 36% have received a first dose. So that's where things sit. Scott Morrison also appealed to younger people to consider the AstraZeneca jab. 
To make that easier, he said that from next Monday, all community pharmacies will be able to request participation in administering that vaccine. The hope is they'll be doing that by mid-August. If you're thinking, but didn't someone tell us not to take AstraZeneca? What the deal with AstraZeneca is, is that the official health advice is still that it's recommended for those over 60, but that's not mandated. It's up to the individual or their state government. And it's advice that Scott Morrison has been appealing to health authorities to change. And when we say young people, we're talking over the age of 16. Those younger, there's news out today that children aged 12 to 16 years have been approved to get the Pfizer vaccine by Australia's drug regulator. How they can go about doing that is yet to be determined. A little while ago, Kate, it was revealed that UNESCO was considering putting the Great Barrier Reef on the endanger list, something that sent wheels spinning. And that's because being classified that way could have significant ramifications for tourism in the region and the reputation of the reef. Now it looks like that decision has been pushed back. It's nothing new that the reef's been suffering due to rising sea temperatures. There have been three mass bleaching events since 2015 that have weakened the reef. And in 2019, the reef's long-term outlook was downgraded to very poor by our government's own authority. And that's because of the impact of climate change. The risks and the need to address all of that has been acknowledged and acted upon by the minister in charge, Susan Lay. But she had big questions over this possible UNESCO ruling. She argues that a decision to list the reef as in danger would be political. She says it didn't follow due process and that it unfairly targets Australia. And that's because China currently chairs the committee in charge of that decision. And as we know, we've had our differences with China. Now it looks like she's been able to convince enough countries of that. And when the vote happens tonight, they'll agree to delay that listing until at least 2023. So we've bought ourselves some time as this would give Australia until December 2022 to submit its case for the health of the reef. That would then be considered, as you say, Kate, by the committee at its annual meeting in 2023. Opioids are a controversial drug. They're in things like codeine, endone and tramadol, so drugs often prescribed as painkillers. And they're controversial because they're often misused and contribute to many deaths here in Australia and elsewhere around the world. Now news out of the US is a settlement has been reached to resolve a hell of a lot of lawsuits, Kate. Yeah, it's a whopper. A $26 billion settlement makes it the second largest settlement in American legal history. More than 500,000 Americans have died over the past two decades from misuse of opioids. And there have been thousands and thousands of lawsuits against opioid distributors and pharmaceutical companies because of what many are calling a crisis. This settlement has been made with three distributors, plus the pharmaceutical company Johnson & Johnson. If all goes to plan, Simone, the settlement money will be spent on treatment, prevention and education and other costs of the epidemic. Johnson & Johnson also could be stopped from manufacturing, marketing and selling opioids. Yeah, Johnson & Johnson and those drug companies involved have denied any wrongdoing, but in a joint statement said that while they dispute the claims, the settlement would, in their words, be a step towards delivering meaningful relief to communities across the United States. Over to Dubai now, Kate. It's part of the world that is surrounded by deserts, so it's pretty hot and dry, as you can imagine. And because of that, the government is paying scientists to make it rain. Yeah, this is a really interesting one. How they're doing it is by using 
drones. So these drones zap clouds with electricity, which will cause large water droplets to clump together and fall to the ground. What usually happens is then that the smaller droplets evaporate in the air because the UAE, as you say, is just so hot. So the idea is to make those droplets inside the clouds big enough so that when they fall, they survive all the way down to the surface, which equals rain. And that's science. Yeah, pretty neat stuff. As for how much it all costs, it's more than $2 million, but that apparently is a lot cheaper than other strategies like desalination technology or building a pipeline or building a mountain to create rainfall, which apparently, Kate, was something government officials were considering back in 2016. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know enough about it to judge. No idea. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Kate. Uh, Squeeze the day. I've got a trio from the UK. Today is the anniversary of the formation of One Direction on X Factor. That was in 2010 and they were a real game changer, of course, Simone. They're a pretty big deal. It's also the anniversary of Amy Winehouse's death in 2011. And it's the anniversary of Boris Johnson replacing Theresa May as British Prime Minister in 2019. That seems like a lot longer ago than a couple of years. Yeah, back when the newest word on the block was Brexit. Now I reckon that's been over taken by a little thing called COVID, Kate. Yeah. For me, it's National Pajama Day today. And given most of us are working from home at the moment, I reckon we can probably get away with staying in our PJs today. Isn't every day pajama day, Simone? Yeah, but we don't have to admit it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. It's not a good image. (laughs) Finally, stay listening at the end of the podcast and you'll hear today's episode of the Tokyo Sprint. Super handy, Kate. Yeah, going to be lots of talk about the Olympics. I'm really pumped for this. It'll be there every day of the games for squizzes. It's three odd minutes and it'll fill you in on what you missed the day before. Plus, it'll tell you what to watch today. It's particularly going to give you a heads up on the Aussies to tune into. Yeah, great if you want to watch, great if you don't want to watch, but still want to be part of the conversation. Thanks to the team at Sport Today for that one. That's all from us. Catch you on Monday. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN vpn.com forward slash squiz today.